What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hey folks, before you tap into this latest Lakers Legacy podcast episode, we would please like to ask for your guys' support. All you have to do is subscribe to us on the Apple Podcast app and leave a five-star rating and review. That goes a long way in maintaining the consistency and quality of this podcast moving forward. And also, it just lets us know that you're listening, and we love to know that you're listening. So thanks for your support, and yeah, go hit that five-star rating and review button. And now, on with the showtime. All right, welcome everybody to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where it doesn't take a Will Smith slap to the face to realize that this year's Lakers team simply isn't long for contention. But with AD's imminent return and LeBron pushing to fight through his ankle injury, giving Lakers fans one faint last gasp at hope, I guess you could say the Lakers are sort of stuck between a Chris Rock and a hard place. (laughs) I'm your host, Jonathan Hernandez, and I'm joined by my co-host, Alan Riley, via another quick drive through recording. And today, we're going to talk about the Lakers' play and prospects, whether they'll even be able to make it, and whether we even want them to make it. So, Alan, last we spoke, the Lakers were down pretty bad. And then they beat the Raptors on the road. They should have beat the Wizards, but gave up their double-digit lead. But then they turned back around and beat the Cavs on the road. And then they almost beat the Sixers at home without LeBron James. And then they blew a 23-point lead to the Pelicans. LeBron sprained his ankle, and they appropriately got demolished by Luka and the Mavs giving up, I think, a franchise record like 82 points in one half. Regardless, I want to ask you, during that time span, that literal roller coaster ride from day to day, game to game, how are you feeling as a Lakers fan? Did you allow yourself to start hoping again? 
And then now that AD is about to return, literally tomorrow, recording this right before the Utah Jazz game, but it's been reported that AD is set to return versus, ironically and very poetically, against his former team, the Pelicans, and LeBron is going to try and give it a go as well. With all that going on, and the Lakers fighting for their play in lives against the young and spunky pop-led Spurs, give me like a, a brief summary and timeline of how your fandom has gone in terms of hope, maybe not hope again, and then maybe a little bit of hope now? Take me through that. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I was definitely clinging on to this idea of they've played seven great quarters of basketball, right? <laughs> Couldn't quite get that eighth quarter in, uh, like you mentioned, how we blew that lead, but it started to look like something, right? And uh, of course, it's like, no matter how many times you tell yourself not to go back to some sort of temptation, <laughs> it just draws you back in, right? It's uh, So I, I felt victim, I guess you could say, to that, that optimism and hope. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, okay, I, prior to the AD news, it sounds like LeBron's going to be okay as well uh, for the weekend. But before that news... It was like the lowest I've ever felt as a Laker fan, like that Dallas mm-hmm. game. Yeah. Um, I know I've said before, it's like, ah, it feels like kind of a chore to watch these games. Um, not looking forward to as much, whatever, I could put it off. This one, my guy, and I knew the outcome before I even watched it. I had to record it. Um, okay. And I found out what happened. I was like, I really don't want to watch this. <laughs> like, this is the first time I was tempted to just say, skip. <laughs> Like yeah. I'll watch the TNT crew at halftime and then I'll just watch the uh, post game show. Um, I've never felt that way. And it, it made me feel very strange. I don't know. I wasn't guilty, but then there was this like obsessive kind of, I have the streak of my entire life, never missing, you know, having never sure. missed watch a game. Um, but yeah, it was, it was weird. I was like, I might feel liberated if I don't watch this game, but then <laughs> Like you said, what does that say about my Laker fandom? So uh, there was kind of an existential crisis going on right there. But I slugged through it stupidly. Well, so for me, I, you know, props to you for slugging through it, especially Ugh, even after know, that. Like, <laughs> well, never going to get gave, those hours of my life back. They gave up a franchise record 82 points or 81 points in one half, right? History, I mean, yeah. it, that's crazy. And then, to t- okay, so for me, that that low point came... Even though, so Tommy and I recorded last last week, and I asked Tommy, are you allowing yourself a faint glimmer of hope? And Tommy was like, no. <laughs> and I was like, great, we're on the same page. I'm glad we're not falling for it. And this is after the Cavs um, win, you know? And then the Lakers followed it up with a pretty gumptious effort against the Sixers, right? Stanley Johnson had a career-high eight assists, only one turnover, and we were actually in the game in the fourth. And then you're kind of like, maybe this time? And then Allen, they had three days off to prepare for this Pelicans game. The Pelicans had played a game prior before facing us on Sunday. And it looked like for three quarters, or actually maybe more for the first half, the Lakers had turned the proverbial corner, right? They were up by 23 points. And then, look, I know a lot of this coincides with LeBron spraining his ankle, but that's why you take things even more seriously in the second half when you have a 23-point lead. And so, I for them... I this game from my memory, by the way. I'm like, oh, yeah, that one. 
Well, this is the one, Alan, that like really, this is the last straw for me. And we've had seven last straws. So this was really the last straw for me. And the straws, fact you know, that those, they're bad for the environment. I hope that there's those paper ones. Yeah, they're the, the bamboo ones. But this was the, I think this was second worst blown loss in franchise history, if I'm not mistaken. But regardless, even if that stat is not correct, the Lakers lead the league in blown double digit leads with 15 games. And for that game to be the capper, like it was, that was, that was a must win game, you know, given the context of our schedule and the upcoming games, who our opponents were, um, accounting for any injuries, like the LeBron James thing, that was a game that we needed to have. And so to see them once again, be front runners, lose grip of the rope. For me, that was like, I'm done with this team, you know? So now so now that some of it is coming back to your memory, what were your thoughts after that Pelicans game? <laughs> okay, yeah. That was like, I mean, yeah, that was definitely rock bottom because it, it did seem like they had it going on that first half. And, like, LeBron was picking guys up full court, you know, playing uh, tenacious defense, you know, uh, like 50 feet. And the, the whole team did come out with that urgency, like, which is even more frustrating, though, because like, OK, now we're serious. Like you could totally um, you could feel like. That there was a different attitude. Um, so then blowing it, I mean, again, you could see that happening within the first minute of the second half. Like mm-hmm. what, what happened to all the freaking energy? Like you guys are playing like garbage right now. What the hell happened at halftime? You would think only positive things could come from that, but no, 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 not with this team. Um, so, I mean, yeah, for sure. That was incredibly frustrating. And uh, I, I think that that's what did, now that I remember, uh, lead to my lackluster enthusiasm heading into that Dallas game <laughs> and mm-hmm. then not even caring that I knew the halftime score and then watching it like 36 hours later or something like that. Yeah. I was on the treadmill watching the Dallas game, so I at least felt a little bit productive, burned some calories while the Lakers, that's all they did, apparently, that game as well. Um, So, yeah, it just feels like we're on this endless sadistic loop with this team. The same story keeps playing out in five to ten game bursts. The Lakers will lose three in a row in a very embarrassing fashion. They reel you back in just enough with two wins over their next three, and then you feel like they're about to make a run, and then they lose the next four games after that and give up. And we're back in that spot. The Pelicans game in particular. Yeah, I I felt like that game was a microcosm of all of the ills this team had has built up from this season. Whether it's bad coaching to close the game, injuries to LeBron James, um, guys just losing focus and energy. Like all of the things that have gone wrong. Oh, also not just not having the right personnel on the team because of the roster construction, right? So everything that's gone wrong for the Lakers came to a head in that Pelicans game. That was a snapshot of everything that's gone wrong in our season right down to the bitter end where we lose the game, you know, after having a 23-point lead. And so a very, very crucial game that we had to have. And now we're fighting for our lives. We're currently in 10th place still, but that's just because Keldon Johnson blew a wide-open layup at the buzzer, you know, yesterday. And so I guess this transitions us, Al, into our remaining games. And I'll reiterate that we don't know the outcome of this game against Utah, but it is in Utah. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, it seems like the Lakers are conceding this game. Um, And 
placing more importance on tomorrow's game against the Pelicans at home where AD is supposed to return. LeBron's going to try and give it a go, but he's not a certainty. But regardless, Alan, I want to ask you, how likely are the Lakers going to make the play-in right now? Um, I'll, I'll just shoot out their remaining schedule and then the Spurs' remaining schedule, and you tell me just off the bat, like, what our prospects look like. And I want to mention that the Spurs, even though they have one loss currently than the Lakers right now, if the Lakers lose to the Jazz tonight, there's a high likelihood of that happening. They will again be tied in law, in, in record. And the Spurs have the tiebreaker over the Lakers if they finish with the same record because they have a better Western Conference record um, than the Lakers. And so the, the Lakers have to finish with at least one more win than the Spurs. Um, after tonight, they're going to be tied. They cannot be tied to end this. So the Lakers at 31-44 and 44, um, face the Utah Jazz in Utah tonight. Tomorrow they play a back-to-back at home versus the Pelicans where AD and LeBron James will be back. Um, then they face Denver. At Phoenix, at Golden State, versus OKC, and then they close their season out at Denver. There are no other back-to-backs outside of the New Orleans Pelicans game tomorrow. Um, now the Spurs, 31 and 45 currently. Tomorrow they play the Portland Trailblazers. At, the Portland Trailblazers at home. Then they play the Portland Trailblazers again on Sunday in Portland. Then at Denver, at Minnesota, versus Golden State at Dallas, second night of a back-to-back. Given those two schedules, and even just looking at the Lakers' own, do you think that the Lakers can finish ahead of the Spurs? And if so, what? where do you see those wins happening, if you can remember? Um, so I have them in the exact scenario so they can't be in, which is the same record. Okay. Uh, I have us going two and five. Mm-hmm. And I have them going two and four. Okay. Uh, as far as our wins go, I actually think we could pull it out against New Orleans at home, even though it's that back to back, you know, good old fashioned revenge game. Just silly. Um, <laughs> I have our other revenge game coming against OKC. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> uh, which totally makes sense, right? As far as where we might be able to sneak one in, maybe Golden State. Because we actually play them decently well somehow, even mm-hmm. when they've got their guys. Steph, I'm guessing, is still going to be out. And even if he does come back, you know, who knows what his ankle is going to be like. And Golden State's just not playing well right now. Um, so maybe we sneak one in against them. But uh, that would be the glimmer of hope. And then as far as San Antonio, I think they win back-to-back against Portland. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they can also beat Golden State, right? So... Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I, I think we could either both win two games, in which case we're out. We could both win three, in which case we're out. Uh, we got to get lucky and we need the Spurs. Yeah. to to lose and we got to win three. See, the other thing too, I have the Lakers, like you said, tying, um, as well, which means we're out mainly because I think the Spurs have a good shot of beating Minnesota. Um, in Minnesota because they're just also well coached you know they have continuity that we don't and they have young legs that we don't and at this point you've given a young team life Alan you know like for sure I know organizationally they probably want like a lotto pick instead but you can't tell the players that you can't tell DeJounte Murray that 
Like, this dude's been balling out all year. You think he's going to keep the foot off the gas pedal? I don't think so. And Pop is coaching him. And so you really need a lot of luck. And maybe, so I have, I honestly don't even know if we're going to beat the Pelicans tomorrow just because whenever you're integrating such a big new piece as Anthony Davis, as talented as he is, that kind of throws everybody for a loop, right? So you have to factor, you have to account for that factor. Um, But let's just say they win against New Orleans because they absolutely have to. Then you for sure have to beat OKC. And then I'm hoping that last game against Denver, Allen, I'm hoping that the Denver Nuggets somehow sit out their guys and rest for the playoffs. Okay, yeah. Maybe. Maybe. But we'll see. The same could be said for the Spurs, too, when they face Dallas in their last game as well. So who knows? There are a lot of factors at play. The main takeaway here, though, is it's way too close for comfort. But the Lakers, this is the position the Lakers have put themselves in, right? And right now, I think based off of both of our answers, we have the Lakers missing the play-in. So we're going to have to hope for some luck. And so we'll take it to break here. And when we return, we will talk about just the prospects of the plane in general, whether we even want this current Lakers team in there. Um, I know there are two differing points of view about the subject. And we'll just talk about where we stand on that spectrum and whether one option is better than the other in terms of to play in or to not play in. That is the question. So we will take it to break and catch you guys after the turn. All right, so we are back, as I mentioned, to play in or to not play in. Before we get into that, though, I just really want to shout out uh, the play of Malik Monk recently because he's been the one... Or actually, there's been two bright spots, Malik Monk's play and Stanley Johnson's play. Uh, Malik Monk has had three straight 20-point games, 28 points the last game against Dallas. He got hot at the end there, six threes, but then 23 points the game prior to that, 23 points against Philadelphia, And in the month of March, he's averaging 16.3 points, 3.4 rebounds, a monthly average high of 3.5 assists, but he's also shooting 49% from the field, uh, 39% from three. So just, you know, this is everything we could have asked for from Malik Monk, and he's stepped up in, you know, LeBron James' absence, AD's absence, and then, you know, Stanley Johnson, his assisting, he had that career-high game against Philadelphia where he had eight assists and only one turnover. Um... He had 16 points, three assists, zero turnovers versus Dallas. Um, But really, he's gotten his playmaking up and going as well. And outside of that one dud against New Orleans, where he inexplicably got taken out of the lineup after, you know, putting up a career high eight assists, um, he only had 19 minutes and zero shot attempts and zero points. I almost view that as a mulligan. But outside of that, uh, outside of that one game, Stanley Johnson has put up 16 points, three assists, 13 points, eight assists, 12 points. 12 points, 3 assists. He had a 5-assist game versus Toronto. I mean, he's been impressing me with his dribbling skills and whatnot. Just your quick take on those two players. Yeah, definitely. I, I think Stanley has been a pleasure to watch for sure. Just like, obviously Malik has too, but um, I think we've all understood the upside from the day that we signed him. Um, and it's great that he's getting, you know, his shot now. <laughs> and I think he even spoke about it a couple games ago that, you know, there were times in Charlotte, like unpredictability, and adversity has been like the theme of his entire career. There'd be stretches. He wouldn't play at all um, in Charlotte. At least now he's getting a shot. So definitely happy for Malik. Um, as far as Stanley Johnson goes, yeah, I mean, out of the league, basically. And it, it just felt like it was a wash uh, for him. So to see like not even like crazy flashes, right? Just a lot of consistency. Um, mm-hmm. and, and you could actually predict like how well he's going to play in. 
sure he has lapses here and there just like anybody and it can be frustrating at times but for the most part he's he's just steady and mm-hmm. uh it, it adds like kind of a, a calming force uh to the lineup that lineups that he's in uh the surprise as you just mentioned was is the playmaking without mm-hmm. a doubt um his patience uh and just like maturity and kind of that iq level uh for the game is is great yeah, absolutely. And then Malik Monk, I don't want to leave out the fact that he's on the season shooting a career high 47% from the field, 39% from three. I, <laughs> well, I hope we can retain him somehow. Uh, he's obviously shooting, he's obviously putting up a career high 13.4 points because he's also averaging a career high 27 minutes. But the fact that with that point average bump, he's also shooting a career high 47% from the field is pretty incredible and impressive. All right, Alan, to close this show, the two lines of thinking, to play in or to not play in. There's one line of thinking in Lakers Nation right now where it goes along the lines of, you know, put us out of our misery early. We hate watching this dysfunctional team play. We don't even even deserve to be in the play-in. Let's hope the Lakers don't even make it because such an embarrassing failure may force the front office into true action this summer. That's one line of thinking. The other stance is, of course, the more typical ride-or-die stance. As long as there's Lakers basketball to be played, we're watching it. And as long as they have a shot, we're holding out for that shot and praying for a miracle, even though all gathered evidence says otherwise in terms of the Lakers being competitive. That and maybe, you know, LeBron James and AD can strike lightning in a bottle, and at the very least, our young guys can get in a game or two of high-leverage playoff-like basketball that's good for their experience. So those are the two lines of thought. Where do you stand on that spectrum? And then once you give your like general um, answer, we can break down the pros of play-in or the cons of play-in and whatnot. And so, yeah, where do you stand on that spectrum? And do you understand both sides? And then do you think one side in particular is more indicative of being a quote-unquote true Laker fan than the other? I understand both sides, absolutely. I can identify <laughs> with both sides. And I don't think that being on one or the other, presumably the I hope we miss it, if you're of that opinion, I don't think that necessarily uh, is a hit against your Laker fanaticism mm-hmm. in, in this particular season. Because, I've again, I've never felt this, <laughs> like, you know, like it's been a drag to watch games. Yeah. Um, that being said, as far as where I stand, <sighs> at the end of the day, we make the play in, and they win a game, then that's that's beneficial for the organization, right? Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned, and I'm looking at it not from a, what can we accomplish this season, of course. Like, say we somehow grab that eighth seed and we play Phoenix, we're going to get bounced. There's no doubt about it. Um, but if we can squeak out one win against them, say we lose that series four to one, and Austin Reeves, Stanley Johnson... Quentin Gabriel, etc. All the young guys say they have moments and flashes where they play well. That's just good for them as individuals going forward to have that experience. And of course, that's that's good for the team just going forward into next season, whatever that's going to be. Uh, the alternative is not being in it at all. Yeah, that forces the front office's hand, and I, I understand that that can bring about even more significant change. It obviously doesn't really move the needle that much one way or the other. So I'm just mm-hmm. looking at it from how can the guys on the team grow and develop yeah, individually and even collectively to an extent. Right. So, you know, personally for me, I'm a bit agnostic about it. I get, I get both sides and I think both lines of thinking are valid. 
What I'm not agnostic about is people saying they're a true fan because they believe that all fans should follow their line of thinking, right? I.e., you're a fleeting bandwagoner if you're not rooting for this team to make the play-in. So to touch upon your point about, you know, the guys having experience, it being good for the organization and whatnot, while I am agnostic, I will say I'm actually maybe 55-45 in favor of them missing the play-in. And here's where I stand. And I think if I break this down for you, you will probably also agree. But the cons of actually making the play in R, the Lakers just unnecessarily pushing an already banged up LeBron and Anthony Davis to fight for a playoff spot that's ultimately going to amount to nothing. And for me, I feel like for the longevity of the organization as well and their players, it probably may be better to preserve their health, even if there is that one last glimmer of hope. We've seen how that's gone for us this entire season, always grasping at straws. In addition to that, they could continue to embarrass themselves in the plane and get spanked in high leverage games, and then there are no good vibes. And also, the value, the data that you get from the young players who supposedly are getting valuable experience, how valuable is that, you know? We've talked about this, but this season reminds me so much of the 2012-13, now this is going to be fun season, even in the way that we might squeak into the playoffs. And so do you remember the young guys that we had on that team uh, when we entered the playoffs and Kobe Bryant, you know, tore his Achilles dragging us to the playoffs and then we went into the Spurs series with you know a less than 100% Dwight Howard a less than 100% Steve Nash a less than 100% Pau Gasol our young guys that season if we're applying the same mindset we could have said oh it's okay it's good that we're, we're entering into this Spurs uh series because Earl Clark Andrew Goudlock can get some valuable experience from this Alan I ask you now <laughs> after getting swept by the How Spurs, dare you compare our current young guys to them. <laughs> after getting swept to the Spurs, how much did that series do? What did that series do for any of those guys' careers? Goldilocks, Goudlock, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, it did, it did nothing. <laughs> so, okay, so real quick, real quick. <laughs> so let me ask you then. So I'm not even saying little apples and oranges. It is, and, and I'm actually not saying that I don't agree with getting the young guys some valuable playoff experience. I'm just saying I think that notion is a bit overrated because I look at this team and what we've done, the system that these young kids are even playing in is already muddled. And so I'm afraid, Alan, it's that we're broken. just... It's broken, and There's I think no they're just... System. Yeah. There isn't a damn system, and I think even if we get... And this is, not, this is presuming that we win two games in the play-in tournament to even get to the first round, right? But let's say we get those two games. I'm... What am I trying to say here? I... <laughs> Hold on, let me collect my thoughts. What was I trying to say? Yeah. Young guys, muddled system. Oh, man, this team has just, like, gave, given me, like, an aneurysm. Um... I was gonna... No, 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 I was gonna say, we gotta keep this. This is, like, <laughs> of, of what it is. It's like... Dude, I can't even talk. Lakers. I can't even talk. But yeah, I guess you can pick it up. Like, I just feel like that notion is a, a little bit overrated. And I'm afraid that the young guys, if we continue to play that we are, the way we're playing, it's just going to look like looters in a riot. The same way that Andrew Gallup, I think they actually put up 20 points in, in a playoff game, but it was during garbage time and it didn't mean anything. So is it going to help? I mean, it's not going to hurt them, right? It's going to help that they have reps next to to Anthony Davis and LeBron James, whatever, whatever. But here's the pinch, Alan. Are we even sure that these guys are going to remain on the team next year as well? 
I mean, we hope so. We, we thought Earl Clark was going to be part of the team. I, I guess in, to some extent, after Andrew Gadluck put up 20 points, we're like, oh, maybe we can keep him. But the season was such a disaster that they fully overturned the roster, right? Now you're hoping this organization and front office has learned enough about the season to value continuity and want to bring in some of these young guys. So maybe a lot of them are more safe than those guys, because like you mentioned, apples to oranges. But at the end of the day, if you're pushing for, no, the, they need to make the play in because um, we need to get the young guys some valuable experience. I'm just sort of underrating the 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 valuable part of that experience. You know what I'm saying? That on top yeah. of the fact that I don't want to push AD and LeBron James unnecessarily because God forbid they do push themselves and it turns out to be what happened to AD last year when he tried to come back within the Phoenix game and could barely walk. You know what I'm saying? So just your final thoughts on that. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Um, I, I just figure... If I'm an Austin Reeves, you know, of course, like I, I want to be playing as much as possible. Like that's it. Um, and we've seen how much he has grown in such a you know messed up situation as it is. Um, what's one or two more games of messiness, you know, uh, versus like sitting on the couch mm-hmm. at home. So yeah, he, he's not going to improve or grow that way. That's for sure. So the worst case scenario from just the young guy's point of view is. It's a really shitty experience, <laughs> and uh, I mean, you can still learn from that. Now, throwing in the the vet factor of LeBron and AD, okay, yeah, no, that that's terrifying. <laughs> it's almost like no, we don't we don't need to. Um, but I don't know, like that's sports, you know, like yeah, can't just hope a guy doesn't get hurt. So yeah, yeah, know. that's true. I and I, I would if... be terribly upset if we missed it, right? I would I would feel a little, like, a sigh of relief. Like, all right, I don't have to be unnecessarily stressed out. I can just enjoy watching, mm-hmm. you know, quality basketball now and not be emotional um, unless it's rooting against the Clippers. But other than that... And, and that makes perfect sense. And I'm not even disagreeing with that notion. There's also this other viewpoint where it's like, if we're looking at the basketball gods... Technically, if, if this season was played out two years ago, two or three years ago, this scenario wouldn't even exist, right? And I'm no, I know I'm playing what-ifs, but technically, this team doesn't deserve to even have a chance to right, absolutely. be in the playoffs. We have disrespected this entire season. So if we're just trying to be respectful to the basketball gods in general, I know the basketball gods gave us a scenario where there is there exists a chance to play in, but... If we're keeping things holistic to, you know, what we've known our entire lives and how we've seen this team treat this season, I don't know, maybe it's a good time for everybody to look themselves square in the eye and just be like, yeah, maybe we need to approach things from the onset the right way, you know, process-wise from the beginning the right way and not, I don't think this is going to set a bad precedent if somehow we make the play in or whatever and we feel like we can just shit the bed, wet the bed for you know, 75% of the season, <laughs> I mean, shit the bed, it's kind of what the Lakers did. <laughs> the idiom is wet the bed, so that it's, means that shit well, the bed is just so much better. I think it's a Freudian slip because the Lakers did more than wet the bed this season, right? So there you go. Oh, they soiled it. They made mud <laughs> pies in bed, dude. <laughs> I get Shout I get out to but, I think you should leave. That's a pull from that if, uh, you know, you're not familiar. There you go. Um, but yeah, I have nothing more to say. I We'll see what happens. I think... The best we can hope for, Alan, is because the best case scenario out of all of this is that Anthony Davis comes back. 
even though he's not 100%, whether we win a playing game, win both playing games, make it to the first round and get swept, or even make it somewhat competitive, I think the one thing that we're hoping for is Anthony Davis and LeBron James come out of this healthy, right? Right, absolutely. So regardless of whether you stand, you're not a bad Lakers fan if you're hoping that they miss the play and especially because I mean okay so lastly Alan I know there's we're, we're hitting the time mark but give me your minute thought on what missing the plane would do to the front office in terms of just like is there a big difference between missing the plane and maybe making it into the first round I guess it I guess there's a stain there where it's like in LeBron's Lakers tenure he if we miss this play in he'll have missed the playoffs two out of his four years where Previous to that, I don't think he's missed the playoffs since he was like a sophomore or whatever. So to just have that stain on LeBron's legacy, does that do anything in terms of the front office being like, okay, we really got to do something. We really got to change things this offseason, not even from the personnel moves that we make, but like internally flip things and really purge whatever, purge and put on a seance or whatever. Um, and, and an exorcism to everything that's gone wrong this season and, and really try and, and change things for the better because it is so embarrassing to miss the playoffs. It's super embarrassing. Um, yeah, I, I think that getting back a little bit to this idea of being rewarded you know, by the basketball gods or being punished by them, it's like, yes, we were rewarded. The entire league was rewarded by you know, having more opportunities to make the playoffs through this playing thing. But have we as a team even earned that, you know, through everything that we've done this season? Absolutely not. Look at the Spurs. They're battling back, right? And they mm-hmm. are playing well. And, you know, they won three in a row recently. And look at the Clippers. They haven't even had Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. And they're, you know, pretty solid. And they just got PG. Um, so would it serve us absolutely right to just go out in flames? Um, did we earn that? A hundred percent. And more times than not, I feel like the basketball gods, uh, things do work out that way. So mm-hmm. it's funny that you mentioned being agnostic and here we are, you know, getting all spiritual about basketball. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that's kind of my take on that whole thing. Um, but yeah, as far as, you know, LeBron missing the playoffs with us, like so many times, that's just, yeah, that's, that doesn't that's, feel good. Yeah. I'm, I'm not looking forward to hearing all the haters, you know, yeah. talk about that stuff. For sure. Well, we'll leave it on whatever's supposed to happen is going to happen. And the basketball gods will rule the day at the end of the day. And we just hope that Anthony Davis comes back healthy. And that's a cause for excitement, right? We get to see AD back, even if it's just at 75%. Maybe they can call up some chemistry with each other. At least AD, LeBron James, some of the guys who may be returning, Stanley Johnson, Austin Reeves. And we can start to build some momentum for the offseason. But with that said, thank you guys for joining. Uh, We will catch you guys next time. Hopefully the Lakers will have won a few games and we're still entrenched in that 10th spot. But yes, stay tuned. Uh, Alan, I will let you go. See you, man. All right, dude. Later. Peace. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. 
But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.